and welcome to the latest episode of the Jambase podcast. I'm Scott Bernstein, and Jambase is a proud partner of Osiris Media, the podcast network for music. This episode features the return of Eric Gould to the Jambase podcast. The bassist checked in from home in Massachusetts to discuss his Pink Talking Fish, Marble Eyes, and Prince Bowie projects, and more. Now, on Saturday, the class of 2022 was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame during a ceremony held at the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles. Pat Benatar, Duran Duran, Eminem, Eurythmics, Dolly Parton, Lionel Richie, and Carly Simon were among those inducted this year. Eurythmics, Annie Lennox, and Dave Stewart reunited for a rare performance to celebrate. The pair played their Would I Lie to You, Missionary Man, and Sweet Dreams Are Made of This hits after being inducted by U2 guitarist The Edge. Dolly Parton debuted a new song for the occasion, dubbed Rockin' Years, and went on to perform Jolene with a supergroup that included Annie Lennox, Dave Stewart, Pat Benatar, Simon LeBon, Brandi Carlisle, and Judas Priest Rob Halford. Quite an array of talents on that stage, and they did it justice. Other highlights were Dave Grohl joining Lionel Richie on the Commodore's classic Easy, Eminem performing, performing Stan, Ben Sheeran, and Olivia Rodrigo honoring Carly Simon with You Are So Vain. Head to jambase.com to watch some highlights for the ceremony, or tune into HBO on Saturday, November 19th for the whole shebang. Saturday was also a busy night for Nathaniel Rateliff, who made the rounds in his adopted hometown of Denver. First, Rateliff sat in with Bob Weir and Wolf Brothers at Mission Ballroom. Nathaniel duetted with Bobby on both Me and My Uncle and Tennessee Jed. He then headed cross town to the Gothic Theater, where he joined Kevin Morby for a stirring rendition of Beautiful Strangers. Again, head to jambase.com for more on Nathaniel Rateliff's big night in Denver. Now, we'll get to my interview with Eric Gould. Eric last appeared on the Jambase podcast in 2018 when he was joined by his Pink Talking Fish bandmates for the Art of the Setlist chat with David Onigman at the Hangtown Music Festival. This time it was just myself and the bassist, and we connected through a video chat. Gold will play late night concerts with all three of his projects in New York City during Fish's upcoming New Year's run at Madison Square Garden. Eric and I began the conversation by discussing the Fish Talking Heads Pink Floyd tribute act Pink Talking Fish. The bassist spoke about how the group goes about putting together set lists for Fish after parties and bringing in keyboardist Steve Learson for PTF shows when Richard James is on the road with Neighbor. Pink Talking Fish started nearly a decade ago with a revolving lineup, so they're no strangers to the situation. Eric recalled the Pixie made for an appearance on the SiriusXM Fish radio program Crowd Control. Gould also detailed songs from the Fish, Pink Floyd, and Talking Heads repertoire that just don't work for Pink Talking Fish. He went on to explain why PTF tends to focus their Fish selections on tunes the Vermont-based quartet doesn't keep in heavy rotation and aims to constantly pull off song combinations that have never been played before. The bassist also spoke about Pink Talking Fish's upcoming show at the Paradise in Boston on December 2nd and why that venue and city are so special to him and his bandmates. Talk eventually turned to Marble Eyes, a band formed out of the pandemic featuring Gould, Adrian Tramontano, Mike Carter, and Max Chase. 
Eric was asked about the circumstances that led to the group coming together and how he appreciates having an outlet for originals in addition to his work with Tribute Acts. Gould revealed Marbleize has two new albums on the way. Additionally, the bassist talked about Prince Bowie, the genesis of that project, his time in Particle, and much more. Listen to my interview with Eric Gould, which we'll lead into with a bit of Pink Talking Fish's cover of the Talking Heads classic, This Must Be The Place, Naive Melody. It's been nearly four years since Eric Gould last appeared on the Jam Bass podcast at the Hangtown Music Festival in 2018, where you spoke the art of the set list with Jam Bass's David Onigman. That's right. And uh, But we're happy to bring the Pink Talking Fish, Prince Bowie, and Marble Eyes bassist back to the show. How are you doing, Eric? Doing fantastic. How about yourself? Doing well, doing well. And I'm catching you at, at home in the uh, Massachusetts area. How long are you home for right now? Oh, I leave tomorrow for a weekend with Pink Talking Fish. It's definitely the busy season for me right now, but I catch my pockets at home wherever I can. And it's great to be here at the moment right now. And how are the kids? I always love the story of you found out about the adoption right before you took the stage for a PTF yeah, show. Right. The kids are great. They're, they're actually closer to you right now. The kids are in New York City. Both of my kids are professional models. Oh, and wow. my daughter right now is going and, uh, and she's uh, going down and doing a shoot today. So actually, it's going to be tomorrow with the rolling down today and enjoying the city tonight. So. And speaking of New York City, um, I know you've got a busy uh, few days planned while Fish will be playing at Madison Square Garden. Can you uh, tell tell me uh, now at this point when this comes out, everything will be announced? Uh, what what what's the lineup for you? Yeah, so I am extremely fortunate to be involved with three awesome acts. Uh, Pink Talking Fish is one of them. And over the pandemic, I formed an original project called Marbleize with Adrian Tramontano from Twiddle and Kung Fu and also with Mike Carter from the Indobox for anyone who wants to throw back to those boys. Uh, and also, I have uh, developed a another hybrid tribute band called Prince Bowie that combines the music of Prince and David Bowie. And that's been a revolving cast of characters. So 
going to be doing three fish after parties out of the four days on the 28th. Marbleize is going to be performing an after party over at Hill Country Live. So that's walking distance to MSG, which is awesome. And then the next day on the 29th, Prince Bowie is going to be at the Cutting Room, another walking distance venue, which is going to be so fun. The lineup is really cool. It's me on bass, Cal Kehoe from Pink Talking Fish on guitar, Adrian Tramontano once again uh, on the drums. And then we have um, Scott Chaslin from The Machine, and he also played in Ulu. Uh, he's on the keyboards. We also have the horn section, the turquoise horn section, who's now, I guess, called just the, tur- the, the horn section. And yeah, they're going to be playing along with our great buddy, Matt Wayne, who's our horn leader maestro. It's going to be such a fun party. And then on December 31st, we're going to keep New Year's Eve alive after fish and Pink Talking Fish is going to be taken, taken at home for the uh, finale of the whole thing. For those fish, Pink Talking Fish after shows for fish, do you stay away from the music of fish? It's not as much of a fish focus. What we try to do is, A, we're looking at what they're playing and making sure we don't repeat anything. Okay. Um, it, but we want to give people, when we do this, things that you're not going to see at a fish show when we're doing the fish after parties. So we pulled a lot of real fun things out. Sometimes it's rare covers that they've done. Sometimes it's things like, if they're not going to play a Forbin's Mockingbird, we'll throw that in the mix because Fish hardly ever plays that anyway. Uh, and we have a lot of rarities that we put in like that that we'll throw in the mix. But in the end, we really do try to make it something that's not as Fish focused since uh, people have already just gotten a double or sometimes triple dose of that. Sure. And... Your uh, keyboard player, Richard James, is doing great things with, with Neighbor. Um, how ha- have you balanced uh, his, his focus on, on that with Pink Talking Fish dates? Yeah, we're so happy for Ricky and for all the Neighbor guys. You know, the, the Boston music scene is just so amazing right now there's so many great acts and with that comes some intersection within there and we've made the best of it um within the situation we're fully supportive of ricky and of neighbors rise and they're touring a lot we have uh brought in another keyboard player named steve learson who plays with us on a lot of shows. There's no replacing in this situation. We really look at it like we've added to the family. Steve is also in the band, the Indo box. Okay. Uh, and, um, and he has been phenomenal this year doing incredible things with PTF. We actually just had a rehearsal this morning at nine o'clock in the morning. We were playing echoes together with him. And oh, it was so man. much fun. <laughs> and so, uh, Um, Yeah, he's about to head out on the West Coast tour that we're about to do next week for the for Halloween. And um, and he's doing a a good handful of shows. And then Ricky's taking it home in November and December with us. So it's worked out as good as it possibly can when you need to balance. The other great thing about Pink Talking Fish is it is a tribute band in the end. And the concept 
is greater than the individuals. And I love it that way. Um, and, and because everybody, every member of Pink Talking Fish is so important to the band and adds such amazing flavor to it. But at the end of the day, there's there, there's a finite amount of musicians that can do what Pink Talking Fish is. The ones who can come in and there's an equal amount of greatness that happens within the platform of our concept. So it really it, the, the, the band also started off as a revolving lineup when I first write it. So we're not strangers to that situation, but we don't want it to be necessarily that kind of thing. Cal Kehoe, the guitar player, has really stepped up in such a great way. He's just a, a force to be reckoned with in this band. And he's amazing. And he's done great things. You know, Zach Berwick, our drummer, he's just the rock behind it. I mean, the the he's it. We always know we're in great hands when Zach is drumming because he just has a better handle on the material and what to do within the concept, the shift between grooves and tempos and, and, and flavors and, and, and soul. And he's just, he's, he's just our backbone for that whole entire thing. As I mentioned, when you last appeared on the Jambase podcast, you spoke about the art of the set list. And it seemed to me that you play a major role in that. And do you still pretty much come up with the set lists for? I would say I, I do the first drafts of the majority of the set list. There's always something that shifts where someone has some ideas every once in a while. I, uh, I hit the money shot and everyone's like, there it is. That's the, that's the set list. But usually people come in and do their own flavor, uh, like add, not their flavor, but they add their, their ideas within it. Sometimes it's not changing the set list. Sometimes it's ideas within the songs, how to transition, things like that. And so it is very collaborative. And then uh, the other guys will write some set lists sometimes too. Uh, I'm generally the guy who wakes up in the morning and can't stop thinking about it. So sometimes I just take the initiative. (laughs) Absolutely. And do you, how closely do you follow fish at this point? Extremely. Um, I'm, I'm in tune to every show they do. I mean, they're, they're my favorite band out there. I, when I was in college, I was, uh, reading the Farmer's Almanac and studying their set list and just like the the nature of how they built their shows. Because back then it was very, in, in 92 through, really 91 through like 94, the, it was very much designed set lists. Yeah. They were definitely doing that. And, uh, and the creativity around it was just inspiring. So it definitely was a, a big part of who I've become within and, and when what I, my ideas within Pink Talk and Fish, I'm inspired. It's kind of cool. I just did a crowd control recently on Fish Radio and uh, that was really fun. And um, three of the five selections I made were intentionally transitional pieces that, and that, I love that were some of my favorite things to listen to as I was, uh, you know, just like really blossoming as a fan. And, uh, and when I look back on it, it was definitely something that helped formulate what Pink Talking Fish is today. What songs do you recall what, what you picked? 
Oh man. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, my five tunes, the ones that weren't transitional, I started off with Great Woods 93 Llama because that was the first fish song I ever saw live. Great Woods 93 was my first show. Um, I did the, the Chula Vista Boogie On from 98 uh, or no, 99. I'm sorry. Uh, and we, we were at that show too. That was awesome. Then the, the transitional ones were from UNH 93. There was the... David Bowie with the Jessica intro oh, so that good. has Have Mercy in the middle of it. Uh, that one was just so cool. Also did the Centrum 98, the chalk dust mirror in the bathroom that uh, that went into dog log and then back into chalk dust, that piece. I mean, that went on, but I stopped it there. Um, and then uh, and then probably my favorite transitional set of all time was the Columbus June 94 show, which was the Mike's groove with the um, Midnight Rider in, in there and the way they did simple into Iculus, uh, that that whole thing, that, that whole entire, if, if anyone hasn't listened to 622.94, my God, you got to. It's just, it, it's it's them at their best as far as flow goes. And it's wild that simple was not even a month old at that point. I know, you know, and that so, simple doesn't even sound like simple. It's it, yeah, it's so creative right off the bat. Absolutely. Um, are there songs that you've played from any of the three bands' catalogs that just simply haven't worked for for Pink Talking Fish? <laughs> yes, there are. Um, uh, out of all three bands, there are some that haven't, you know, uh, to go in order for Pink Floyd. There was a time we did a really cool thing. You're going to dig this. Roger Waters was doing a three night run in Denver, Colorado, a few years back for the Us and Them tour. And okay. we went out there and what we did was we did they were he was doing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We did an after party on Friday, a pre and a post party on Saturday and a pre party on Sunday, we decided to do a different Pink Floyd album to perform a different one for every show. And with that, we intertwined fish and talking head songs throughout the album. So on Friday night, we did animals in there uh, for it. On Saturday afternoon, we did dark side of the moon. On Saturday night, we did metal. And then on Sunday afternoon, we did Wish You Were Here. It was so cool. And then Sunday evening, we all went to the Roger Waters show together as a band. So it was such a cool experience. It was really great. But metal, I love that album so much. 
but a pillow of winds just did not work. <laughs> it just did not work at all. And so uh, there's been a couple other Floyd tunes we've done that's where it's just been like some of our guys weren't as into it. Uh, we did not now John once, which is a deep cut. And we combine it with character zero, but it was too much of the same groove and we just got burnt on it. And we have okay. again since. Um, for Talking Heads, we've tried some of the more obscure tunes and they haven't worked as well as we've wanted them to. Like we did Saxon Violins um, early in 2021. Uh, we did that. It was actually requested from a private event that we did. I actually love that song so much, but we just weren't feeling it as much together. And there's been a couple others like that, that, that just haven't really made, we haven't had desire to bring it back for fish. You know what? It's really interesting. Like we, it's hard to not want to play every single fish song in certain respects, but what we don't want to do with pink talking fish is play a lot of the stuff, especially some of the newer material that's in heavy rotation. That is something that fish fans out there are getting plenty of right now. You know, Talking Heads doesn't tour anymore. Pink Floyd, you know, Roger Waters is touring right now and Gilmore tours occasionally, but it's not often that the the main players are doing their thing. I actually wish I had seen Nick Mason's show. I missed it this time around. But um, but with fish, they're playing on a regular basis. So, you know, we're not playing songs like More or Set Your Soul Free, um, you know, things like that, because they're getting played every three shows. If we see that a, a certain song is getting in in super heavy rotation. We're going to make sure that we're not playing that as much. You know, they did ghost a lot this past tour in the Northeast. So we were intentionally staying away from ghost, even though it's, we love playing it. Ghost is so much fun to play. Uh, we're probably going to break it out again on the West coast tour here because we miss playing it, yeah. but they really played that a lot on the East coast. And we've been doing some East coast dates and we just intentionally didn't want to give something that people had seen a lot already. Um, since a lot of the fans who have been at a lot of those shows are coming to ours as well, you know, so that with fish, you got, we sort of take those things into consideration. We want to play, a lot of things that people aren't necessarily going to hear on a regular basis at a fish show. So we love playing things like alumni blues letter to Jimmy page. We love playing McGrupp, you know, things like that split open and melt, which I guess they've started to get back into a regular rotation, but for a while they really weren't, uh, you know, things like that. I saw you did letter to Jimmy page and to roll with the changes back <laughs> yeah. into letter to Jimmy page. <laughs> you know, uh, that's, it's super fun to do different tunes in the middle of alumni Jimmy Page because you have that lead up on Jimmy Page that would go back into alumni where it's like ba 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 and normally fish will go I'm all right he's all right you know but instead we go from there we could go right into life during wartime or uh, we could go right into young lust or like there's so many different or something crazy, like roll with the changes. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then as soon as we're done with whatever that song is, we back up to, to the big pause on Jimmy page and we come back into a, a little reprise of that back into alumni. It's awesome. It's 
it's one of those things that uh, just uh, it, it's it's the epitome of what our concept is. You know, um, what I love so much about Pink Talking Fish is really giving people something that they haven't experienced before with these songbooks. And for fish, that's a tall order because they do a lot. Um, but, you know, being able to do this transitional stuff and have people like get the joy out of out of what comes next within this stuff. It's just so cool. I mean, even we do uh, slow llama, but we move it into fast llama. And for some reason, fish hasn't done that yet. Yeah. But like little things like that that we find. And like that was just natural for us to do. Um, that's not even adding other bands into the mix. I uh, played one gig when I was in college. I'm a bass player as well. I played one gig when I was in college. The band was called The Scotty B Situation. Nice. And on May 15th, 1999, one week before I graduated, we actually played Slow Llama into Fast Llama. Nice. Nice. (laughs) Nearly 20 years before Fish did it. That's That's awesome. A a proud, proud moment. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. So Pink Talking Fish has a gig in Boston coming up uh, sure at the Paradise. Uh, is that venue special to you? It is. Boston is our hometown. We're from Boston. Every time we play Boston, it is a family affair. And it is one of our favorite moments of the year when we're performing for these amazing people. As I mentioned earlier in this conversation, the Boston music scene, there's something really, really special about it. And we're so fortunate to be a part of it. We're so fortunate that these amazing music lovers embrace us. The Paradise has such history. And I've played there so many times, both with Pink Talking Fish and with Particle. And uh, and we... Uh, Whenever we go and we get on that stage and we see all those people in the audience, we feel like we're home. It's just amazing. And so this is going to be our first Boston show proper of the year um, within this. And and it's December. So it's kind of crazy that that's the case. And we couldn't be more psyched for this. We're uh, really looking forward to it. And we are just going to pull out all the stops and just have such a blast. Very cool. Very cool. And before we move on to Marble Eyes and, and, and Prince Bowie, um, do you think 2023 will be a busy year for Pink Talking Fish? Sure. You know, with PTF, we've kind of become a touring staple um, within it. And we just have so much fun doing this. And 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 uh, we just want to it, it, it doesn't get old. We keep on reinventing these dream set lists and we just want to keep doing it. (laughs) And so, uh, so yeah, I mean, my hope is that this band is touring steadily for years and years to come and, uh, and, and bring in the joy that it gives us on stage to all the people out there. That's, that's what this whole thing's about in the end. So yes, I do. I I already know that 2023 is going to be a very fun and great year for PTF because we've already started planning. And besides your natural 
original concept. You've rolled out many concepts over the years. Um, one, one particularly cool one of of late was the PTF plays the nineties, and uh, a number of those songs have stuck around in in the repertoire, which is pretty cool. Like, I don't think uh, I would expect to see Basket Case at a uh, PT, PTF show. And do you have a list of concepts that you for future? Is that something you you're always thinking about <laughs> they constantly come up uh we have one that we're toying with right now which maybe or maybe not will do uh we're talking about doing a w a, a wtf set i don't know if i can swear on this so what the fuck set uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. beat me out if you need to and it could just be like one set classic like doing what we do in one set just picking a whole bunch of our favorite songs that are not Pink Floyd talking heads or fish and just doing it. Yeah. That turns us just into a, a, a regular cover band, but what the fuck, let's just do it and have some fun, you know? <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, we've had so much fun doing albums. The albums are just amazing. Next year is dark side of the moon's 50th anniversary. And we're going to be doing some great stuff with that. Um, so, so there's a, there's a prelude to 2023 with some things. Um, we the other albums that we've done have been amazing. Uh, we always do something special at the Capitol Theater every year when we play there. This past year was Planetarium, which was incredible. Um, it, we, uh, you know, adding the fourth bands like you were talking about or fourth genres. That was the first time we did a genre. Um, right. And uh, the 90s thing was amazing. We love playing those songs. And uh, Cal in particular just crushes that stuff. One of the coolest things we did with the 90s thing, though, was uh, I can't even tell you how perfectly it works. Champagne Supernova with a slave to the traffic light jam out of it. Huh. It is the same key. It's the same chord progression. It's a slight shift in how it goes. It's awesome. It's really cool. I know it's floating around there somewhere in like archive. I think we might have a YouTube out of it. You guys should check it out. But uh, yeah, adding the fourth band, the Beastie Boys was so much fun. Um, you know, we've done the Dead a bunch. We did some of that earlier this year. I think we'll always continue to to, to have some of those shows pop up. Um, David Bowie has been in there. Michael Jackson's been in there. It's just been great. You know, I mean, it, it's <laughs> I said in the early days that we're we've done so much with PTF and we're still scratching the surface. I know we're beyond the surface at this point, but. I still feel like there's so much more that we're going to do and we're going to be able to discover things for years to come with this. That's, that's incredible. And if I can make one section uh, um, request, I'd love to hear you guys take on Sense and Subtle Sounds. Nice. You haven't played that, is that correct? No, we have not gotten to that one yet. Uh, I would. I think that would fit that band perfectly. I would yeah. love to hear that one. Yeah, but. that one has definite sections too, so we could make that a journey yeah. of, uh, of, of coming in and out of that throughout a set or a show. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a good one. Maybe we'll get that going for you. Yeah. 
very cool. And, you know, you get to scratch the original itch with, with Marble Eyes. Yes. Can, can you talk about how that band was formed out of the pandemic? Oh, man, I love this band so much. Really do. It's amazing. Um, I, you know, with, with Particle, when I, I formed it back in 2000, the, the, you know, our first gig was the day after Fish took their hiatus in Shoreline um, back, back then. And when we were playing, it was primarily original music. We did some, a few covers we threw in there, but not a lot. And uh, then when PTF got going, it, you know, you open a door, be prepared to walk through it. I got so busy with it. I didn't have time to cultivate original ideas yet. I was learning so much as a musician through diving into all of this material. And, but it was always, I'd have those frustrating moments and try to get uh, a window open to like form something where original music could once again be, be, uh, be an outlet for me. Um, It just wasn't happening. And then the pandemic hit the guitar player in our band, Mike Carter, who's from the Indo box. He and I lived for years, just like, like 20 minutes away from each other. And we were threatening to play music together, but life just got in the way. We were too busy. So the pandemic happened. We touched base. We're like, it's summertime, six feet apart. Let's do it. He brought over Max Chase, our keyboard player. And we had a session just playing a few covers and stuff. And then we like our second session, we tried a couple of originals that we had and it was so compatible. We had three different voices, different lead voices. And we had three flavors of songwriting that really mixed well. And so at the time, Adrian was, I had always wanted Adrian Tramontano to be a part of my original music. We've just always played really well together. And he's just one of the most dynamic drummers alive. So gave him a call. And once again, with the pandemic, even though he didn't live close, he uh, was totally into coming out and having sessions. And once it happened, we got cooking and, Long story short, over that time between then and now, we've written over 70 original songs together with another about 15 to 20 that are in the cooker right now. The cork popped for us and we have just been on this creative flow. And it's so cool because we have, you know, in in the spirit of the band, we have different leads you know, and, and uh, I've written songs for our keyboard player, Max, to sing. You know, I've written songs for each of us to take different verses of. So it's not just a one lead singer scenario. And we keep it very even within who's singing lead. So um, it's not like Fish where Trey sings most of the songs and every once in a while the other ones get it, too. We really keep it on this awesome, even platform of different songwriters, different singers and 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 uh, really nice harmonies that make us feel so good. It's it's soulful, energetic rock and roll at its finest. And we're just loving it right now.
but because of my schedule with Ping Talking Fish, Adrian's now in Twiddle, you know, it, it's it's tough for Marbleize to get out and play a lot. But when we do, it's extremely meaningful. And you recently had uh, Umphreys McGee drummer um, Chris Myers sit sure. in just a few nights ago. Yeah, that was fun. We did a double bill with his with his side project, Kick the Cat. And uh, yeah, we kept his kid on stage and we let Adrian and Chris just mix it up for a while. It was really cool. It definitely was. And then we also, uh, the next two nights we played with Rack. They got back together for a couple shows so we were doing that up in Burlington and uh, our keyboard player joined them for a bit and uh, Stoops joined us for a bit. So we got we got some nice mix in that one, too. That was great. And when you had released your first album, Marbleize album through um, Color Red, um, I, I remember listening to an interview that you did with Ira Haberman on the, the sound podcast. And you, you talked about a second album. And I, I know on New Year's Eve, you even mentioned that it was in the works. What's the status of the second album? It's almost point? done. We're just putting the finishing touches on the mixing. And we're likely going to release it um, sometime early next year. And so really, this album is awesome. You know, the, the first album, Love Return to the Roses. And for anyone who hasn't taken a listen, it's on all the streaming channels. We actually have CDs for anyone who's old school. too. Yeah. <laughs> so go figure. Um, but, uh, you know, we put a smorgasbord of uh, I think it was 14 tracks that wound up on there and just a real nice spread of who we are and what we do. Uh, this album is a rock and roll album that we got coming up here. It, I'm so happy with it. Um, it. It came out just just amazingly. Uh, and we're calling the album Hunting with Comets, which yeah. is a lyric off of a song I wrote called Sunburst, um, where the lyric has to do with gas giants hunting with comets, which is pretty cool imagery there. So, uh, yeah, so stay tuned for that one. That's going to be coming out next year. We're really excited about it. We already have album number three that we're pre-prodding. Um, you know, we could be, we could go make four different albums right now. It's, it's, uh, we have so much amazing songs that we want to get out there. And uh, we also have a live album that's being mixed right now, too, that we did um, in 2021 at the beginning when the world was still shut down. We did a live stream series called Marbleize Mondays, where every two weeks, every, every Monday, two weeks, we performed a two hour show at the press room in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And uh, it got released through Nubs. It was awesome. And we're taking a best of from that. And we're going to be uh, we're going to be releasing some live tracks on there. So that's going to be really fun. And besides all of these different projects that you have, I know you also um, are big into the, the business side of things. Um, are, are you just managing your own bands at this point or is there there anyone else? Yeah, besides? currently right now I'm managing my own projects. Um, I was managing others before. I'm still working with my good friend Haley Jane. Um, she's just awesome. And uh, and she's um, about to transit transition into some really fantastic 
music um, with what she's got going on right now. And so I'm working with her at the moment right now. And and that's always a pleasure. But uh, yeah, for the moment, <laughs> you know, b- before the pandemic, I, uh, I'm not going to go into it too much, but I had this idea of something that was really, really amazing. And this was literally in like February and March of 2020. And I dropped everything else except for the projects I was working on that I was about to dive into it. And then the pandemic hit and it was live music oriented. So, you know, <laughs> that that didn't happen. Uh, what are you going to do? But um, well, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what comes up down the line. Absolutely. Um, my first time seeing you play was at the Tower Theater. Um, you were opening for Mo um, with Particle. And I mean, this was like within a year and a half or two years after Particle formed. As you, as you said, that first show was, I believe, on a on a boat after the uh, fish it first was. fish farewell show. Yeah, and it, it just must have been a while to band. Yeah, well, <laughs> the, well, everyone's on this boat <laughs> on on the bay. Fish is done for the first time ever. And everyone's like, what are we going to do now? And then all of a sudden, here we are. We pull out this sound that has this like fresh, unique thing. Like, okay, we can get with that. So we bought a van. We kept in touch with as many people as we could on the boat and just drove to them. And they just spread the word about us. And it was just yeah. crazy to watch how it blew up in that, you know, period though, yeah. over a couple of years. Oh, yeah. Do you keep in touch with, with the guys at all? Absolutely. I do. You know, they're, they're brothers of mine, keep in touch. And uh, yeah, we've actually been talking a lot lately, which is great. It's been, I'm really glad nice to, to hear that, uh, to be connecting with those guys. It was good to see that Steve played with Phil again uh, yeah, this past weekend. Definitely, definitely. So and yeah, Darren's out there playing a lot too. He's got a really cool uh, uh, out out in uh, the Los Angeles area. He's got a, a Grateful Dead tribute group called Wall of Sound that he's been working on. So that's been nice. So he's been getting playing a lot again. And uh, the final project uh, that we haven't hit too much upon is Prince Bowie. And um, how how did that first come together? So it first started off at Catskill Chill Music Festival. Um, Rest I, in peace. I was, they had asked me to do a, a, a project bringing in players. And I first called it the Chill Fam All-Stars. And there was one year where I did a Herbie Hancock tribute. And then I did a Michael Jackson tribute on one year. And that actually, I wound up bringing that to New York City a couple of times too. Um and then the final year decided to do Prince Bowie. And what I did was I got all of Pink Talking Fish and all of Kung Fu on stage. So we called it Pink Talking Fu, Prince Bowie. That's how it started off. And uh, also Sammy and Shira from Turquoise and some of the horn players from there also joined us on stage. So it was a spectacle. And that was super fun. We actually all did that again together at the Wani Festival, I think the year, next year later. Um, so that was really great. And and Turquoise happened to be there. So they all hopped on stage with us too. Um, so that was great. I think we did the Pink Talking Food thing like maybe once or twice more. And then um, just a, a couple of years ago, I just had the desire to 
to, to do this Prince Bowie project. And it wasn't necessarily about all of PTF and all of Kung Fu. So I decided to do it more with a focus, like revolving cast. Um, and we got got a, a lineup together for a couple of shows and it was just so much fun. And so it's been an off and on thing that we've done uh, here and there through it, which has been great. We've just uh, had had a great time. There's all these amazing drummers who have joined us like uh, Adrian. I've talked about him a lot on this one. We've had uh, Nikki Glassby on there. I've had Mikey Karuba. had some other drummers, too. Uh, the horn section's been involved in a big way on this matt wayne like i said is our 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 horn leader he does all the charts and he's he's involved had maz from snarky puppy we've had a whole bunch of other guitar players and keyboard players and 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 singers and it's just been awesome it's been it's it's such a joy and the the combination of those two artists there's compatibility and then there's a different flavor to a really cool point and so it's been really great. For the most part, this is like back and forth, song to song. It's not necessarily, we haven't dove in the way PTF does. We take like little parts of songs and do them in. It's really just honoring the music in a bigger band spectacle sort of way. Um, and uh, like we're, we're doing some really unique things with the horns uh, on this one. And, you know, and, and we, we, you know, take, take the jam approach on some of the tunes and that, that goes out there. Some of the jams we've had off of space oddity and, uh, I want to be your lover where they're open-ended. We've gotten in some crazy stuff before. I mean, there was a double drum feature between Adrian and Nikki Glassby. That Ooh. was one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life on stage. It was like, those two just took it to the stratosphere. It was uh, absolutely one of the most amazing double drum features I've ever seen in my life. It was awesome. And, you know, it's always so cool to build things like that. Um, and uh, I never try to be the focus when I'm building something like that. I'm more just the, uh, the, <laughs> the ringleader, I guess. And I just try to, to, to step in the back and do my thing. But uh let everybody else shine in the best way that they can. And it, it just may, it just fills me with joy to sit back and be able to watch this stuff unfold. And these, these connections of how the different artists can, can really get going together. That's amazing. And it just sounds like between these three projects, you get to scratch every musical itch. And that's a beautiful, <laughs> that's a beautiful thing. It fills the soul. That's for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, talk with us. Uh, good luck on your upcoming uh, West Coast tour. And I hope to see you um, at uh, one of the post and MSG shows. Uh, it sounds like I've got three different options to 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 make it happen and again sure it's uh, at the at the paradise for for PTF on, yeah. on December 2nd. Excellent. Thanks so much for having me.
that's a wrap on this episode of the Jambase podcast. Thanks to Eric Gould for the fantastic chat. I highly recommend checking out Pink Talking Fish, Marble Eyes, or Prince Bowie when they come to your town. Also, thanks to Jake Alexander for producing this episode and to you for listening. Be sure to rate and review the Jambase podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Come back next week for another stellar interview. Take care, everybody, and go see live music. Music.